Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. What is up, everybody? We are back. This week is a play-by-play analysis podcast. I'm your boy, Devin Nash, PSK Play-by-Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And I got a first-time guest in the building. It's an old friend of mine, you know, reconnected on the socials. My guy, Walt. What's going on, Walt? What's up, Dev? How you feeling, man? Happy, happy to be on, man. Happy to be on. Oh, no problem. No problem. I, um, You know, and plug your own podcast in, because I know you do your own thing. I got you, man. So you can follow me uh, on Instagram at WaltP34, or you can follow my podcast at 2for2pod uh, on you know Instagram or Twitter. Two number The number two, four, F-O-R, and then two, and then pod. Um, so, yeah, man, me and one of my boys from, from college, from JMU, uh, we do a weekly podcast. We took the last month off, uh, moving, you know, here and there. But, uh, yeah, we, we do a, a weekly podcast, and um, happy to be on play by play, man. So when Dad reached out to me, it was it was a no brainer, bro. So I'm happy to happy to be on with you, bro. Right, right, yeah. I had seen that, you know. So I, I think I, I listened to the show like once or twice before. So that's why I was like, yeah, hey, y'all big sports. I know you played sports in college, which is why uh-huh. this first topic that we're going to discuss probably hits a little harder for you, oh, which yeah. is the NCAA. After years and decades and centuries, however long you want to look at it, of this authoritarian grip over young 18 to 22 year old men and women and whoever else. Finally, first of all, this was a two part thing. So the Supreme Court ruled that some of their rules were violations of antitrust laws. So essentially, they can't hold, withhold scholarship money they can't withhold certain things so that was the first piece of this and that's kind of what set the stage for last thursday july 1st right in time for fourth of july weekend all these athletes became eligible to profit off of their own name image and likeness which is different from for a lot of people i think confuses with the school having to pay them this is different this is Basically, these guys can go and sign endorsement deals. They can, they can uh, do whatever they want. Basically, they can have YouTube channels. They can profit off of TikTok, because that's a big thing now. Like they can do all that now, which they couldn't do until before July first. So, it's a um, a big day in college NCAA history, really. So, uh, what what was your thoughts when you first saw that news? Yeah, bro, the first thing was definitely it was, you know, it's about time. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. long overdue. That was, of course, my initial reaction. Uh, I was, uh, like you said, I, I played sports my entire life, and I was a huge sports fan of my entire life. And I remember, like, back in the day, whenever there was a research paper or whenever there was a persuasive paper, I would write, college athletes should get paid. Right. right? Of course, it was me probably as a young boy, you know, me wanting to play college sports. So I was always like, man. I go to college, I want to get paid. You know what I mean? So yeah. the first thing was definitely to, you know, just, you know, finally that there is some type of way now that athletes at the college level can get paid. Um, and more than anything, I feel like, you know, this name, image, and likeness thing is, it's you know, it's kind of the free market now. It's kind of up to the athlete, which is, we'll probably get into this a little bit later, which is, you know, uh, could favor into certain programs you know what i mean but you know i just think it's great that athletes have the opportunity now and it made no sense why a guy would get suspended or you know fined or you know the school would lose scholarships if a guy you know sold the autograph of his own like this is this is a individual person the school he's not the school's property right so right. we know athletics is a billion dollar industry uh and the fact that 
the the players are the ones that really make all of this move. Um, you know, the athletes make it all happen, but they were never compensated for it. So, you know, it's about time that something has allowed them to finally, finally uh, be able to market themselves and, you know, and reap the benefits of, uh, of you know, kind of who they are. Right, right. And for me, it, it was also hit home for me because I got three brothers who played at some level collegially. Okay. So my young, my youngest brother, no, not my youngest. The I got a lot of brothers. One of them, <laughs> uh, he plays. Even though he played at he plays at community college, but he's he's okay. he plays basketball. Um, the other two were football players. One of them at the D two level. The other one at the D three level. My the the brother right before or right after me, he just graduated, and I'm saying I was telling him the other day, because he he just became a certified trainer. I was right. like, man, I, I wish they could have made this rule in maybe a year earlier. He could have been a certified trainer in college. <laughs> like, you know, he really could have because, you know, things like that. Um, you look at the fact that, like you said, some of these suspensions were ridiculous. Like a dude would, oh, he, Terrell Pryor, remember he got money for a tattoo. They suspended yeah. him after leaving Ohio State. <laughs> like, bro. I, yeah, that was a weird one. Like, yeah, the Ohio State situation was definitely weird. Like, and they weren't even, like, a lot of these guys weren't even getting money. Like you said, Terrell Pryor was giving out a Terrell Pryor jersey to a tattoo artist, and that tattoo guy gave him free tattoos. Like, that's a fair trade off. If you ask anybody else, man, that's a fair trade off. If you give me something, I give you something. I but remember. Athletes could. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember it was a dude at University of Illinois. Um, back in like 20, I want to say 2016 or 17, because I was still at college when I read this story. Mm. Blew my mind. He got suspended for helping a student graduate. <laughs> I'm like, what? The dude was essentially homeless and the coach let him sleep on his couch and he got suspended for that. It's crazy. Like, it, like the NCAA is just heinous like it was heinous some of the some of the things like the reggie bush thing probably was the most infamous because and he came in the news this week because now you know with this new change now he's advocating to get his Heisman back which yeah. he never should have gotten taken in the first place mm-hmm. in my opinion you know and it would be even funnier like the way they would enforce this rule is first of all it was very uneven like the bigger schools generally kind of would skate mm-hmm. you know and then the ones like like when Cal was at UMass, when Coach Cal was at UMass, they erased them from the record books. But like when he, when like Kentucky or somebody does the same thing, they get slapped with like a year of probation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah. the, it was uneven distribution of punishment. Secondly, um, yeah, you know, like the, the Reggie Bush thing, like you can't. They would take your name out the record books as if you didn't exist. It's like, bro, nobody will deny what Reggie Bush did at USC. There is no type of anything you can say to say, oh, he was never here. Yes, he was. (laughs) We all saw him. That's crazy. I mean, Bush, Reggie Bush, that's my guy forever. Like, I got two sports heroes, man. It's Reggie Bush and Chris Paul. Like, those are my two favorite athletes. Mm -hmm. Grew up a big college football fan. And Reggie Bush, we talk about NIL right now. Reggie Bush was Hollywood, man. He was in L.A. You know, L.A. didn't have a football team back then. Now they got two, but back then, L.A. didn't have a football team. It was USC. So imagine how much Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush would have probably been making millions and millions before he even touched the field, you know, at the NFL level. So the fact that, you know, they took took away his Heisman, they took away all his record books, they took away the wins at USC, just because the, the guy accepted, you know, accepted a little bit of money. They were paying his parents' rent. Some, yeah. Somebody somebody at USC was paying his parents' rent. And he, he <laughs> it was like, yo, what is this? You know, um, and to that point, to what you said about Reggie Bush, they, they, they're looking at, look like people are asking, you know, some of the athletes that could have um, cashed out big. And Reggie Bush, obviously, is the most blatant answer because like oh, yeah. you said he was in the city of los angeles and not only did they not have football teams at the time you look at the sports landscape at the time that he was there 
the Lakers kind of like, and I, I don't know if you've seen Trojan War, the documentary, but they were talking about like the Lakers at that point, Shaq had left. So like mm-hmm. there was questions about what a Shaqless Lakers team would look like. Um, the Dodgers weren't really that good yet. Um, the Kings, nobody cared about hockey at the time, yep. you know. So there was nothing. Sta- USC was it at that time. Yep. So Reggie and Matt Liner too would yep. have made a killing at USC. And and it's even worse for Matt Liner because you consider how his NFL career went. He should have cashed out. And he would have, could have, should have cashed out in college. Exactly. <laughs> you know when when you know. <laughs> He was, yeah, he was, wasn't he a Heisman winner? Yep, Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. And a two-time national champ. Like, it, 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 it's, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, to, to and, you know, Lendell White is another one. He he could have made some, some serious money. It's a lot of dudes on that team that could have made money. Like, they, it just, you know. But speaking of, like, some of these deals, I was reading up doing the research and whatnot. Some of these deals these dudes are signing already is looking really good. You know, like uh, OU's quarterback Spencer Rattler, he's supposed to be a Heisman Trophy favorite this year, and he signed a deal with Raising Canes. You saw Trey Knox for Arkansas. He signed with PetSmart with him and his his puppy Blue. You know, and it's, it's cool to see the personality of some of these guys. Like, this is stuff. The NCAA took a lot of their humanity away with some of these dumb rules. That they had in place. I agree, and it's definitely been fun to follow. Like, uh, I subscribe to kind of like front office sports, so I've been getting a lot of knowledge about all of the deals coming through. I follow the thread on Twitter, and like you said, those two that you mentioned, that Rattler one, and then uh, Knox signing with you know Pestmart, I think those are brilliant deals. And like you said, we finally get to see the you know who these you know student athletes are beyond just the field and beyond the court, and um. You know, these young, I'm calling them young, young people now. Like I'm, I'm starting, yeah, you know, I'm starting Maryland athletic department and I'm 25 right now. So me too. I, I feel old, bro. You yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yo. I feel old. I love it how they're already uh, able to start to build their brand and the long-term impacts on some of these. Like now you can, you know, you have some, someone that's trying to start um, and at the college age. Most of us, we graduate college, and it's like, all right, now what's next? But a lot of these student athletes now are already in the playbook for life already. They can start to build their brand, build their business, uh, right, right from school, right from the And it makes no sense how before they couldn't even have their own clothing line, or they couldn't even, you know, sign, sign autographs, or they couldn't even host camps, or just different stuff like that. It was that a every dude, other person could. It was a, um, a kicker from Central Florida. Almost lost his scholarship over a YouTube channel. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think his, uh, his name on like YouTube is like Destroy or something like that. But yeah. yeah, I just don't understand why a kid couldn't have a YouTube channel like any other student. Like, what is that? What is that hurting? That's not hurting anyone. Then they, when they agreed to, then I think it was something like, oh, the agreement they ended up coming to was he. I can't remember if it's that he couldn't have it, or he had to shut it down, or I, it was something he had to do that was just totally unnecessary. And I'm like, bro, it's a YouTube channel. You acting like he out here selling CIA secrets? Like it's, <laughs> it's like, bro, he was doing kicker tutorials yeah. on the show. He didn't have, he had under a million followers, so it wasn't even like he was just, you know. But there were some people that I wonder how they were getting around the rules because, like, it was a guy. What is his name? He was a defensive end for the University of Miami who was producing songs for Rick Ross, but he was doing it for free because of oh, the NCAA. I'm like, stuff like that is criminal. I'm like, bro, you out here writing tracks for Ricky Rose for nothing. <laughs> like, you know, that's 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 ridiculous. You know, and you write in Miami, that's the hometown, bro. Like it's it's great, it's crazy to me. But I'm wondering, you know, we're looking towards the future. I'm wondering, it's so many athletes, man. We talked about Reggie Bush. We talked about Matt Liner. Those are probably the most obvious, too. Who's somebody you think could have cashed out big? Uh, that's, that's a good one, man. Um, uh, immediately, I'm going to like basketball. Like, those Kentucky teams, 
I'm like, man, that that Heisman season that he had when he beat Alabama and just skyrocketed up, and you can, and especially he's another one kind of like Matt Liner. You saw how fast his NFL career bottomed out. Like exactly. it was criminals. Like Johnny Football should have been a trademark that he should still be making money off now. You remember Drake made it, name dropped him in a song. Exactly. Remember draft day, Johnny Manziel, and somebody on Twitter was like, "Imagine Drake and Johnny Manziel collab and make OVO sweatshirts yeah. in the maroon and gray of Texas a And M. It would have been dope. Like, <laughs> it's like it, you know, and somebody was like, well, people, some of these young kids don't even know because obviously he didn't do nothing in the NFL level. Some of these young kids just have no idea how big of a deal Johnny Manziel was." At Texas A&M, like they they have no idea the impact he had. Another one, you know, back to college basketball. A dude more recently that we just saw, our our boy Zion Williamson. Oh yeah, remember they was having they had the president was well, the former president Barack Obama was attending games at one point. You know, um, they had a Zion cam that they were gonna try to incorporate. You know, they had special shoes like when his his shoe blew up on the court infamously and he had to miss a game. Yeah. You know, he could have sold that. You know, people really buy that mess. Like collectible item right there. You know. Speaking of Drake, Drake used to wear you wear around Zion Williams in high school jersey, man. Yeah, like, he could have so, sold it. Eighteen years old. Celebrities. And I remember I saw another report like a while ago. They're like college those years, especially for football players. And their bodies, you know how we call this talk about football and its effects on the body. Mm. Their prime years, the best year, the years where they're projected to be worth the most money is those college years. Yep. So that's what makes it even more of a big deal that this happens now. Because now if you have a guy who tears his ACL and can't play no more, at least he can make a cool million or two at the collegiate level like he's, like he's supposed to. Yep. You know, and... That's the other crazy part. Like, if you, you know, things can happen. They they were denied, like, because they weren't considered employees, and I still don't know if they will be or not, they could deny you workers' compensation. You know, so if you tear your ACL and you can't play no more, you couldn't collect workers' comp. Yep. And the whole idea, I don't know how many people know this, but the whole concept of calling them student-athletes, that was created specifically for the system that we had in place for the last decade or century. You know, they the, the dude who created that phrase, like right before he died, he was like, no, they're not student athletes. This is ridiculous. They should be getting paid, even though it was too late at the time. But like, yeah, that the whole idea of taking that phrase was to weaponize it and turn it into what we had over the last couple of years. And then my other thing is, saying there are a lot of really straw man arguments like oh you know now it's gonna it's gonna be open season and and now kids are gonna prioritize money over the sport and i'm like no no <laughs> it's like no it's not that's not the case like treat them like adults like we're we're yeah. talking about college age students and 
people always want college students to learn how to be independent or, you know, grow up, right? So this is a great opportunity to allow them to, to grow up and to allow them to, you know, get their, get their life in order, right? right? Every college student has the opportunity to make money. They could work, you know, work a job on campus, right? The athletes, like you were saying, these student athletes, they're already putting in all the hours. They're already, you know, doing all this. So why can't they, whether it be on their own time or whether it be, you know, in the off season, why can't, why aren't they allowed to, to be a regular student anymore? Right. I just don't, I don't understand it. They only want students, they don't want them to get anything in addition uh, that would be, you know, an extra benefit that someone else couldn't get. But y'all can, y'all, y'all definitely will take away some benefits. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of weird how the NCAA, they want to use the student athlete term when it's convenient for them. But when it's, when it's the students want the power or the students want to be able to make some money, you know, then you say, oh, you're an amateur. Oh, you're right. just a so it's just, it's just kind of, it's just weird that the NCAA has gotten away with it for so long. Um, and, um, I mean, I'm just happy that finally, you know, somebody put so much pressure on the NCAA where it, they kind of took some power away from them and are allowing, you know, the athletes to you know, be who they want to be. And yeah. I think it's a pretty slope too. Like, you got to be careful about who you allow the athletes to kind of be around. And, you know, there may be a little bit of ego involved, but... You know, I think it's okay. Like I think these these college kids will be okay. They're more tech savvy. They're more, you know, financial literate even at at this young age already than a lot of people that are older than me and you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. I, we're not giving these kids enough credit. We don't think that they'll be able to build a brand and be able to kind of monetize off of what they do. And some of them were doing it already. Like you know, like and college is the time to do that. You know, like yep. we. You and I both are college graduates, you know, so we know we've been on campus. It's 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 a place built for entrepreneurs. Like do people create businesses, like that's the time you're supposed to do that stuff. So you may not strike a million you may not make a million dollars, but you know, you're gonna make something, you know. The 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 objective is to get yourself started, a head start, then you know, get off into the workforce and you know, build off that, which is what athletes do too, just in a different way. Like people don't think about it like that, but that's literally what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, but to that point, I mean, Dabo Sweeney's on the clock now. <laughs> <laughs> because in 2000, and I forgot what year it was. I want to say in the 2010s, sometime in the early 2010s, this man said he might quit if college athletes are allowed to get paid. We're waiting, Dabo. We're waiting. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. I, you know, he was one of the highest paid employees in the state of South Carolina, so I know he ain't really going nowhere. Dude was yeah. working. We got to watch Dabo Sweeney commercials, so we got to watch some Nick Saban Affleck commercials. And these guys, are, like you said, they are they almost employees in their respective, you know, cities. And we talk about these college towns where these coaches are making millions of dollars in these small behind college towns. Athletes mm -hmm. don't get a dime of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's long overdue. So, and you know. Dabo had never thrown a ball. Well, he doesn't anymore. He, he did in college. But he, he doesn't throw any passes. He doesn't yeah. make any quarterback sacks. He's not the one out there throwing the game winning touchdown. Why does he get commercials? <laughs> you know? Now we get to see, like, he's got the top quarterback in the country right now, DJ Uyangalele. Mm -hmm. You know, now we get to see his face on an ACC commercial now. You know, now we, you know, maybe we can finally get, oh, yeah, they actually were bringing back the NCAA football game. You know, so now we, we get to see their faces. But we have to give a shout out to Ed O'Bannon. He was the first one to start all this. Remember, he, he sued the NCAA and won. But that that was what started it, and it's just made it all the way to this point that we see now. So Ed O'Bannon, Trailblazer, shout out to him, you know, and shout out to all the other people that have you know paved the way to make this happen. But yeah, you know, Reggie Bush. Shout out to Ed O'Bannon. Like I said, been a long time. I had a moment. I was like, I was playing the college basketball game. Yeah. Xbox Three Sixty, same thing with EA Sports. College football game. So when they when they when the game got canceled, um, initially I'm like, oh man, like 
why did this happen? But the older I got, the wiser I got, I started to understand, like, y'all are really ripping these kids off, man. Just because you put in a number and a, and a fake gener- auto-generated name, everybody know who these who these kids are. Right, you know. But funny for it, so it's definitely long overdue. And right. shout out to everybody that kind of laid the groundwork for it and put, you know, was on the front lines of this battle because it's been a long, long time coming. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Give Reggie Bush's Heisman back. Give the Fab Five their banners back. Give Cam Newton the respect he deserves. Stop calling him Scam Newton. Um, who else got wronged by the NCAA? Des Bryant. Um, uh, Maurice Claret. Yep. <laughs> you know, they ruined that man's life <laughs> over, over, over a, a rented car. Like, I mean... So many other guys, you know. You know, I want to see Joe Burrow on the cover of the latest college football game because mm-hmm. Joe could have made some money down in New Orleans when he was at LSU and did what he did. And that season that he had, he could have made some money. So shout out to all these people, you know. Shout out to everybody. It's a new era in the NCAA. And I can't wait to see, like, like some of these guys, you know, like the names they have, like Dakotas Crawford. Uh, He's coming to college finally this yeah. year. Imagine that's, what kind of deals he could get. That is, a, that is the best name in college football. Imagine what kind of deals he could get. <laughs> he's the coldest in the game. <laughs> you know, like, hope he's good when he does it, but, like, you know, you can't be bad with a name like the coldest. You can't you do can't. that. Yeah. Yeah, his parents put pressure on him right away with that name. Exactly. <laughs> you know. But um, I guess to move on, though, the bullseye, I guess, with the NCAA making these rules, the bullseye is kind of off of them now. And I guess we can turn to the Olympics because the Olympics have been showing their asses for the better part of the last week. I mean, whatever you want to think about Shikari Richardson, whatever. But, I mean, there's some other stuff too, but let's get to Shikari first because I know you got some thoughts on that. Bro, it's been, like you just said, it's been a crazy, crazy you know, week with the whole, you know, Olympic committee, just all of the stuff that they've been doing. It's kind of, you know, so weird that we're only, you know, like 18 days away almost from the Olympics, like three weeks away from the Olympics. So the fact that we're this close and the Olympic committee, again, we're a whole year removed from when it was supposed to start. So it's a, it's a weird year just having the Olympics push back. And I think everybody is just kind of like, we were all ready, man. We was like, we missed the Olympics last year. So we were just ready. And the Olympic trials, shout out to all the, you know, track and field athletes that competed in the Olympic trials. I saw you tweet about it, bro. It was it was a special, special Olympic trials this year. We saw some times that we ain't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. We saw some world records happen. And the track the US track and field team, they always kind of do their thing. It's always, you know, really between the US and Jamaica when it comes to the exciting races. Right. Carrie um, Richardson, man, she was she's only what, twenty and twenty one? Yeah, twenty one. Cause she 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 turned pro early. She she dropped yeah. out of college after only two years and turned pro early. So, yeah, I remember her at LSU, man. I'm a, I'm a huge track head. My dad's a track coach. I've been running track since I was like five, six years old. So And track's I've, another one. It's so many marketable yeah. track athletes. Like now this NIL rule, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like a Shikari Richardson could have made some bank when they was in school. Exactly. You know? No, but the fact that it's 2021, Weed is legal in so many places now for recreational use. Uh, you know, medicinal for for uh, you know medical purposes. But the fact that she was in Oregon and where it was legal in Oregon, she tested you know positive for marijuana, and you know the woman isn't allowed to compete in a hundred. She's not allowed to to put on a show that everyone wanted. Uh, and it's so many layers of this issue. I think the biggest thing right now is just the fact that how outdated the drug testing, the anti-doping committee is right mm-hmm. now. Like, it's just so outdated. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and the fact that she's not able to run, uh, it, it definitely is upsetting. Um, and I hate how the media has been, the media has been very, very divided on this topic, bro. And you, you already know, you're, you're, you're in this space. Mm-hmm. So you're, how one side can can you know flip it this way and the other side can flip it this way. Mm-hmm. But I just think the fact that a twenty one year old young woman as she is 
was kind of just bashed and put out like she did something you know wrong and then when it came out was she, i think was she on good morning america where she was like on this it made it seem like this very very apologetic thing it was kind of it was very dark and it was tough for me to watch like this this woman kind of unmask herself kind of and put herself be, out there she didn't owe she didn't owe us anything you know what i mean she didn't have to do all any of this but i felt like she felt like she was forced to kind of explain herself and hearing that a journalist broke the news that her biological mother you know, had passed away and her having to explain all of this to us i mean it, it hurt to watch this and it's just like why are we putting these athletes again on like a pedestal to for them to have to be super human, mistake free people? Um, but we talk about a woman smoking weed, man, and she had to apologize to a nation, and seemingly so. It was just hard for me to watch as people kind of just took it the wrong way. Like mm-hmm. she made, she understood. She was clear that she understood that she made a mistake, and she ain't know anything. She ain't owe us an explanation. She didn't. She didn't have to come out and say a thing, bro. But she did. So I give her a lot of credit for doing that. But you know, for her and other athletes, and especially young people, y'all don't owe people anything. Y'all don't owe people no explanation. Don't owe shit. Don't owe nothing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But I think there can be two, two, uh, two. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? There can be two right things, like. Mm-hmm. She, what she did was, I mean, as outdated as the rules were, what she did, I mean, it, it was a violation, you know? The rules are outdated, yes, but she did break those outdated rules. And she, she admitted she made a mistake. She owned up to it and apologized. She, you know, accepted her fate, you know? So there can be two things to this. Now on the that's 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 one side. That's that's one side for me. There are consequences for actions, regardless. Like and a lot of people kind of forget that she's already in a better place than Michael Phelps was in 09 when he got busted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because part of it is we know the conversation around weed has changed since two thousand nine when Phelps got busted. When Phelps got yeah. busted, they made this man out to be a crankhead. <laughs> he was he was losing sponsorships, they was putting him through all type of stuff. I, and people want to make revisionist history and act like it didn't happen, but it did happen. Like yeah. we were, some of us, those of us who kind of were old enough to remember, remember, you yeah. know, like they aired him out for that. Shikari hasn't lost any sponsorships over this. Even her 30 day suspension will be over in time to run the four by one. So she can still technically, if she wanted to compete in the Olympics, it's just, she won't do the hundred meter, which is the one that everybody wants to watch. Which obviously is the moneymaker, but still, she can still compete in the Olympics if she wants to. Um, now, the other side of me is, look, like you said, she don't owe us no explanation for what she did. She was a 21-year-old. We've all been 21. If we haven't done it, we have friends who've done recreational drugs before. You know, we're not going to put names out here because we're not the feds. <laughs> um, you know, <clears throat> like, it's people, and somebody else made a point. Some of the people talking about, oh, rules are rules, wasn't even wearing masks during the pandemic. Like, so some of y'all are in glass houses throwing rocks. And also, yeah, like you said, to learn that your mother passed away from a reporter you don't know, not from your family, not even from a doctor, from a reporter that you don't know. You're, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily condone it, but I do understand it. You know, like, it ain't my place to tell somebody how to cope with that kind of a loss. Because, I, I mean, you know, I don't know what I would do if I were to lose my mother. Like, God forbid. You know, so that. And then another thing, if she beat them women's high, <laughs> imagine she she ran a 10-1 with weed lungs. Imagine what she would have done. <laughs> like, bruh. <laughs> like, you know. And there were people comparing her to Flojo, you know, because Flojo was dogged by, like, cheating and scandals and stuff in her career, too. So, like, there was one real racist uh, reporter who 
tried to equate the idea that acrylics were tied to being a weed head. Like it, it was just all type of just wild from left field allegations and stuff. And I'm just like, y'all are ridiculous. Y'all are ridiculous. But this neither here nor there. I mean, Shikari made a mistake. We got to lift her up. You know, obviously she's going through a rough patch in her life at the moment. And so all people got to do is just keep her lifted instead of tearing her down. Exactly. And that's the other thing, bro. Like, like you're saying, um, I, I'll be the first person to admit it. You know, the rules are the rules in this situation. And then the other, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? She accepted that punishment and uh, I'm, I'm cool with the fact that that was the rule. So that's why she was suspended. But when people's first argument is like the rules are the rules and, you know, all like when they're hype about the fact that she's not able to compete, it's just like, it's a lot of hate that's coming her way for that. Like, why are y'all hating on that? Right. All right. I acknowledge it. She broke, she broke the rules. But the fact that there was so much wrong with how everything was kind of transpired after that and the reason why she the reason why she said her her you know her mental state was so off was because of people t- someone telling her you know about her mom passing away and the fact that she had to go over national tv in front of the world and explain that you know shouldn't be even a thing and you were talking about the crazy comment about the the nails and, and the hair and all that uh I, emmanuel acho you know goes and says that legalizing weed Mm. And track and field is, is all good if you're running in a straight line, but legalizing weed and track and field competition is terribly dangerous if you throw the javelin, right? So that comment just like, bro, are you serious right now? So you're talking about people. These athletes are adults again, right? We're talking about adults right now. Right, don't nobody compete high. So they're not going, she ain't going, she ain't smoked right before she got out the starting blocks, right? People don't, people smoke in, in sports. People don't smoke directly. Before they go out and, and, and play football, they ain't smoking on the sideline. So she could have smoked. Well, any, uh, any, Percy, Percy Harvin said he's there's never a game he didn't play high, but he's one person. Like, uh, <laughs> like that's one exception to the rule. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy that people think that, um, you know, using, using marijuana couldn't have been done before, like, right, bef- right before the race. I just think it's kind of crazy how how dumb people are when they when they talk about it and it's just like you said it's kind of a lack of knowledge of people just you know the stigma surrounding it and um people you know a lot of people go on record like you said uh Percy Harvin, I know Calvin Johnson uh from the NFL back on Steven Jackson this is a bunch of people Ricky Williams Ricky Williams <laughs> yeah, like, talked about it you know, during their career to kind of help them recover or just like they can use it responsibly and not be someone who is you know whether it be dependent on it or you know, can't function without it. Like, I don't think, you know, Shakira Richardson made it out. That that was her. That's that she couldn't handle it or something. Like that. Right. Yeah, we we didn't give her no super so super speed. You know, we didn't right. make her become who she was. Right. It wasn't steroids. Like, yeah. The only yeah. now the only thing I will say, a lot of people are like, oh, the only problem I have with. There's the argument, I think you mentioned it, that, oh, you know, weed is legal in 19 states and it's recreational use. And and I get all that. But two things. First of all, it still ain't legal at the federal level. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the Olympics isn't just for America. The Olympics yeah, is like a world governing body of sports. So there are a lot of countries that still don't allow the use of cannabis and the use of marijuana so this is like effectively out of the u.s's hands like for people who were like oh why don't they why is they like you know it, what that 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 is kind of out of their control in that sense that's the only thing i'm saying that. But other than that, yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> like at the end of the day it's ridiculous part of the other brother conversation the olympics have been showing their ass this week you know wh- wherever you are with the rest, some of this other stuff is not debatable. They banned special swim caps designed for black people with afros because they said most athletes wouldn't require that size. That's ridiculous. They banned two women for running because they said their testosterone levels weren't what they considered the standard for women. I don't know how you control that. 
um, uh, what's the what's the what's the black girl with the gymnastics? Um, Simone Biles. They've been oh, she's been doing moves that are so ridiculous that only she knows how to do, and now they banned them because uh, it's not fair to the other athletes. Huh? <laughs> what? That's ridiculous. Um, it was something else I saw where. Uh, it was a it was a it was a black lady who is given a ban for interfering with a drug test because she was recovering from an abortion. Like the Olympics have been ridiculous. Then on top of all that, they're being run in a city in Tokyo where COVID is so bad that no fans are allowed to be there. So why are you doing this? I mean, we know why we're doing it because they lost money from doing it last year, but. Now you're forcing this thing through where a country that's still actively in the middle of lockdown. <laughs> so this is all a mess. Like the Olympics is a mess, but it's, I mean, their politics have always been trash. For anybody yeah. who's really here for it. That's another thing, like, she didn't know that to, to anyone to have to put her personal business out there like that. But um, the committee, um, the way she kind of described it is she was in a room with a bunch of white European males, mm-hmm. and they were kind of telling her how she was supposed to handle and how she was supposed to cope with having an abortion. You talk about all these white men telling a black woman how to, how to cope. And or how any to woman, really. <laughs> it's, like... it's ridiculous. It's definitely yeah. ridiculous. The swim cap thing is another one where I'm just like, these people, they can't be serious, right? Old European Asian Asian men, too. <laughs> why, why are y'all deciding on, one, why is there even a, a type of thing to tell people what certain type of, um, you know, swim cap they can wear? That's just absolutely ridiculous, though. And I don't think that's, that'll be a performance-enhancing thing, either. And it's just so weird to me, and the testosterone levels, like you were saying, bro, I don't know how they, like, what scientists or what doctor was in a room with them when they decided on what is quote unquote standard levels for for a woman to compete. Um, so I'm just confused by that still to this day. Um, it's just, it's definitely weird, man. It, it's really weird. And I've been seeing a lot of people say, hey, boys have to look at certain stuff, don't watch this, or, you know, the U.S. should have their own Olympics or just different stuff like that. But, Saying, bro, this is a worldwide event that typically only happens every four years, and it, it's hard for everyone to kind of just jump ship and you know and not participate in the Olympics just because it is such a big thing. And a lot of these athletes in these in these sports, when we talk about gymnastics or we talk about track and field, like you were saying, they don't get a lot of credit. They don't get a lot of credit. And I know for the the testosterone thing that is something that has been an ongoing thing. I don't know if you're familiar with Caster Semenya. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's been an ongoing thing with her for years. Like, she's a South African woman. She's, um, I think, I forgot what track event she's in. It's like 400 meters or one. Yeah. She is so dominant that they started that mess with her and Mm -hmm. started making these rules about testosterone levels. And you notice this generally happens with, black and African women. Like it's it's something and it's these old stereotypes that they project onto these people. And it's unfortunate for her because I think she lost her career over it. Yep. Because they some court ruled in favor of those rules even when she tried to fight it and it's a mess. But like Brazil I mean not Brazil. The Olympics have always been a mess just because like a lot of people don't realize They've always enabled certain countries. It's it's a displacement of, of people when like the events and the money that goes into putting them together. You know, same with the girls it's an issue with them too. Like this has always been a thing. Like these old European white men and you know, Asian men too sometimes that animate things and are so archaic in their thinking and it's just trash. <laughs> trash. And it ruins what should be a great event. Like, and what's even funnier to me is, oh yeah, they also banned Black Lives Matter protests, or they 
tried to ban Black Lives Matter protests, you know? Like, why? It's just... Protesting it, in general. They've always been a mess. Like, my their, their stance on politics is so stupid to me and political demonstrations because you're going to tell me you're, this is a world event. You realize there are a lot of conflicts going on in the world. <laughs> you know, a lot of them, whether you want to recognize some of them or not. Like, there are countries and countries that don't exist that are considered non-existent. Like, you know, you have like an Israel-Palestine thing. You have India, Kashmir. You have North Korea, South Korea, like <laughs> Cuba. Like, it's a lot of countries that are caught up in all these different things. Then, you know, back in the early days, you had issues with like, like when John Carlos and Tommy Smith and they did their protests, you had countries like South Africa and what used to be called Southern Rhodesia, Zimbabwe now, that, you know, were doing apartheid, you know, and people were protesting that, but you couldn't, pro like, how are you gonna tell a world event that you can't have politics? It's almost inevitable. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. dumb. They still want athletes to just shut up and, and, and perform and entertain, and we so far past that, bro. There's a woman this week that got caught under fire because she, um, threw like a flag down and put up a black shirt about, you know, a, a black woman. I, I was a track runner and she got under some, you know, so it's a mess, but, and it always seems to impact black folks, you know, and, and, and oppress people. Yeah, bro. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's sad that we're still, you know, like, like I got, like I said, it's 2021 and the fact that we're still, going through all of this, man, and this, this last summer was just, I feel like it was a, a reignited you know, thing where everything, the world was completely you know, flipped upside down and coming off of a year where the protests were, you know, big and we, nationwide movements, and then we're talking about, like you said, we're talking about a worldwide thing, an Olympic thing. We're coming off a pandemic, so the fact that they are picking, like, these minuscule little things to pick at, whether it be a woman so protesting national anthem, bro, what, six years removed from Colin Kaepernick? Like, it's just, why, why, why are people still so upset about this? You know, it was never, people don't, you don't gotta hate the country to protest, you don't have to, you know, we just want more for our people, we just want to let people know that we have a voice, uh, and, and I always give these athletes credit for doing what's not popular and doing, you know, stepping out and, and taking that leap faith to be who they want to be and not you know and not be so worried about the backlash that's going to come because the, the hate is always going to be there it's always going to be somebody that feels a, a certain type of way so um i, I definitely give all these olympians credit for, for pushing through it because they they work so hard to put themselves in this position so not allowing all the nonsense to, to stop them i definitely give them credit for that yeah man i, I was trying to find something it's this book because, you know, people wondering why I keep trashing the Olympics, because I know some people are going to wonder that when I, when I, uh, when they, when this, when this junk is published. But it's this book called uh, Brazil's Dance with the Devil. And it's about um, the World Cup and the Olympics and how they came to Brazil and kind of like their history. It's a guy, Dave Zirin, one of my favorite writers. Okay. Yeah, I think I read it before. I think he wrote a book about Katrina. Yeah, that. And he, he wrote one about, Kaepernick's effect um, okay. that's coming out in September that I gotta get that one soon. But I'm trying. It was a, it was a section of this book where he talked about the history of the Olympics, and it was a guy by the name of Avery Brundage, Brundage known racist, one of the first um, uh, like IOC presidents. And this man, let me see. I'm trying to find this young. Uh, he had nicknamed Slavery Avery because of his, just his stances on a lot of things. And, um, I'm trying to think. Let me, let me go down. First of all, Avery Brundage was probably the father of like amateur athletics. Okay. So like the Olympics used to be like college athletes would go in there. That was part of that whole, it ties back into what I was talking about before, you know, the whole thing. So originally you, you couldn't make money if you played in the Olympics. So it's kind of like what happens with college athletes now. So Brundage was like one of the ferocious defenders of that. 
And then what did he do? Um, let me see. This man, leading advocate for Berlin to host the 1936 Olympics when Hitler was the president of the country at the time. You know, that was the year Jesse Owens, you know, beat his Aryan racers. And um, he met resistance to rewarding a country that seemed to be a cauldron of bad news. He rejected what he called the politicization of sport, arguing that the very foundation of the modern Olympic revival will be undermined if individual countries are allowed to restrict participation by reason of class, creed, or race. Um, even though he let South Africa and Rhodesia have all white Olympic teams. And, you know, it, dude was a mess. He he just, he, he let Berlin host the Olympics when Hitler was there, defended Nazis, and even let them, you know, do their little salute and stuff. Like, dude, like, this was the history of the Olympics. This is, this is a dude that was the IOC president. Then the guy that succeeded him had him in Mexico in the 60s, and there was a whole, like, a protest, like, the, the, the year that John Carlos and Tommy Smith protested. There was a protest before that, like, in Mexico, where some people protested the Olympics in general, and there was, like, a whole shooting of them by soldiers, and, like, it was... You know, nobody spoke about it. They ignored it. I'm just like, man, the Olympics have always had trash politics. And that's why I trash them. <laughs> you know, people, I'm I'm butchering the actual thing. People got to read the book. But Brazil's Dance with the Devil, y'all got to read that and find out why I'm like, you know. <laughs> but, it's a yeah. It's a reason, man. I'm that's what I'm saying. And speaking of sports and politics, the NBA, we got to turn over to the NBA, but not because of politics, just the fact that the NBA is still going on. Um, now we are finally into the NBA finals, even though it's late in July. So it's kind of like an unusual calendar. Still weird. Still, <laughs> still, still recovering from the pandemic still. Still, and it's, it's, it took a brutal effect on these playoffs. We lost a lot of superstars to injury because of this weird calendar and how long, some how little rest some of them had. But with that being said, the finals start Tuesday. The Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns, just as I predicted, are the final two teams standing. Chris Paul, finally. I know you're a Chris Paul fan. Finally. Oh, finally man. made an NBA Finals. Finally. Jeez. You know, Devin Booker waited seven years. You know, a lot of people thought he should try to get out of Phoenix. You know, they were terrible, habitual losers, you know, for all seven of his years, even though he was a beast. You know, we all remember his 70-point game, and they still lost. Like, how do you lose when you score 70 points, you know? Like, Phoenix was bad for years. Devin Booker waited that out, you know. Then on the flip side, you get Milwaukee and Giannis and them. They fell short the last time they were in this position. Now they're back. You know, a lot of people criticize Giannis's game. They talk about he doesn't have a bag. He's not the flashiest player in the world. He just does that bully ball. But I'm like, look. If you can't stop it, why fix it? You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, you know, and I want the Bucks to win. Even though, you know, I can't – it's hard for me to root against a black coach. It's hard for me to root against Chris Paul. I just like Giannis, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I like Giannis. I, I, you know, if they don't win this year, I don't think they ever will. This is as good of a chance for him to win as any other year. But what do you think about the finals? What's your predictions? Like, just – yeah, bro. Uh, like you said, I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. Been waiting 16 years to finally see my guy in the NBA championship, you know. So the fact that he's in the finals, um, of course I'm rooting for the Suns. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Suns in this matchup. Uh, coming into the playoffs, I just had a feeling about the Suns. Um, I said if they beat the Lakers in that, in that first round, that 
they would be they would win the West. And then my prediction, of course, out East, which I'm still hurting from, or my Philadelphia 76ers. Like you were talking about the Bucks, it ain't gonna be no better year to win than it was this year for my Sixers, who were the top of the East. Uh, and the fact that we didn't even get to the Eastern Conference Finals to play against the Bucks hurts me. Um, but that's why I gotta go with Chris Paul. I I can't bet against my guy. He waited 16 years to finally finally make it. Um, great young core with Devin Booker. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is having an incredible playoffs. Like. Maybe because Phoenix plays late that I didn't watch too many Phoenix Suns games during the regular season. But throughout the throughout the playoffs, man, I've been glued to my TV watching the Phoenix Suns compete. And Aiton has been amazing. Uh, Jay Crowder brings that grit and that toughness. Uh, he lost in the finals last year, so I think he'll be hungry to you know, help him. Mikel Bridges, uh, shout out to Mikel Bridges from the Philly area. You know, he's real close to one of my best friends. So uh, rooting for Mikel Bridges as well. So the Suns got a lot of guys that I do like. And uh, I, I think that Giannis's injury is huge too, bro. So I don't know if he'll be able to go or not. Um, he's still kind of up in the air about his status for the finals. Um, but, you know, Drew Holiday, I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. Middleton has you know looked great you know, up and down, but when he's looked great, he's been hooping, hooping. So Bucks mm-hmm. uh, do. You know, they got good size with Lopez and Bobby Portis. But I, I just think the Phoenix team is on a special run right now. Um, and I don't think Chris Paul will let these young guys lose. He's played his whole career for Monty Williams. No better coach to root for. Got James Jones in the front office. So Phoenix Suns, I've been a kind of a you know, secondary fan this year, especially once the season have been eliminated. So uh, I, I got to go with my guy Chris Paul and the Suns. I like them to beat the Bucks and I'm going to go six games, man. Gotcha, gotcha. So my thing, yeah, Monty Williams – Black coach, and he's from this area. Shout out to Potomac High School in PG County. Okay. Uh, you know, so it's home connection for him. You know, Jay Crowder, they say he's been to six championships in his career because he was he was on them Celtics nope. teams. No, that was a, I think that was – I think they meant like six games because he played six games last year. So I think they – police report butchered the uh, – they butchered the, the, the graphic. Oh, well, I mean, but he has been on some – he was on them Celtics teams that went – He's he was there last year, and then now he's back there again this year. So at, at, at least four or five times he's been there. But, you, you know, that that's with the Bucks and stuff. This is going to be an interesting series, you know, I think, for a lot of reasons because obviously people are – NBA fans are weird, you know, at least the, the internet ones because oh, – yeah. <laughs> you know, for years, people were complaining about, oh, it's so predictable and we get to the playoffs and it's the same teams. And, oh, and we've we've had to watch LeBron or Steph for like the last 10 years. It's the first time this the first time in like 10 years that there won't be LeBron or Stephen Curry in the NBA finals. This is exactly what people ask for. We got parody that we have never seen in the NBA before this year. We got everything we asked for, and people have found a way to complain and say, oh, now it's going to be boring because there's no LeBron, there's no Steph, there's no Marquis. So I'm like, wait a minute. Did you like parody and you just didn't realize it? Or do you just not watch basketball? (laughs) Because I can't find any reason why this would be a boring series. And then the other thing, to watch, like, members of the NBA media openly shit on small market teams is weird. <laughs> like it's, you know, Phoenix and Milwaukee, like people just openly on first take talking about, Oh man, I'm gonna pray for you. Cause you might have to go to Milwaukee. I'm like, what? So y'all just saying the quiet part out loud, which is that it's all about ratings. Like that's why LA teams, People like watching L.A. Last year's finals, had it not been in a bubble and would have been in the actual, like, L.A. versus Miami, might have been one of the highest-rated finals we've ever seen if it wasn't in the bubble. Like, that was a dream matchup, L.A. and Miami for seven games. Like, you know, y'all were saying the quiet part out loud, but this is a huge win for the NBA because of two small market teams making the finals. Two teams that haven't, that combined have won one title since 1971. You know, this is a huge win for the NBA, and people are sitting here acting like it's such a bad thing for this to happen. I don't get it. 
I'm right with you, man. And I, I, I don't get it either. Uh, besides, like, injuries, of course, this year were the one down. Yeah, that's know, the one down. And it, I feel bad for a lot of the guys that were hurt in an important series. But overall, I do think that the NBA, you know, gets a win out of this matchup just because it was pretty much for, like, what, 10 to, thir- 10 to 13 years. It was something crazy like that. It was either LeBron James in the finals or, you know, whatever team or, or whatever West team, and whether it be the Spurs or whether it be uh, the Warriors. That was it. It was, there was no, there was no suspense coming into the season. Um, and we didn't really have much. We didn't really have much. We always knew it was going to be LeBron James and whoever was going to be out come out West was going to be the Warriors or, uh, you know, the, or the Spurs for the most part. I know the Mavericks stuck in one year and the Thunder stuck in another year, but for the most part, we already knew what the finals was going to be. So now the fact that we got the Suns matching up with the Bucks, maybe some, a few people may have predicted the Bucks to get there at the beginning of the season, but, the Phoenix Suns, they thought there was no chance that, you know, Chris Paul could bring this team to the NBA Finals. People looked at Chris Paul like he was crazy when he decided to, you know, to go to Phoenix of all teams and kind of end his career. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm going to be watching every single game. We get some fun matchups. Drew Holiday, uh, elite defensive guard, you know, matching up with Booker or matching up with Chris Paul. So we're going to see a lot of fun. Uh, matchups in the series and hey if you NBA Twitter whoever y'all casual NBA fans just don't watch them don't watch them because y'all y'all gonna miss out on a, on a great finals that's all I'm saying right. <laughs> you know and then the other thing is Chris Paul he is he does the same thing LeBron James does he just doesn't have the hardware <laughs> you know Everywhere he's gone, even his, back to the beginning of his career, he went to the Hornets. They weren't a basketball town. Mm-hmm. They weren't a winning team. He got there, turned them into a perennial playoff team. Even if they weren't getting far, they were always there. Like, you could always yep. turn on the Hornets. To get there. He leaves the Hornets. He goes to L.A. We all know what the Clippers were before he got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we all know. Like, they're the other team in L.A. They still are in a lot of ways. But – he made it cool to go to the to the Clippers, the live city with Blake Griffin in them. He showed up to the Clippers, and for seven years, they were expected to – he should have gotten to a finals years ago. Like, we remember he was up 3-1 mm-hmm. against Houston, and they blew a 3-1 lead. There were, there were plenty of times in his career he should have gotten to the finals before now. He, yep. he leaves the Clippers. Oklahoma City kind of sort of was in a soft rebuild. When he got there, they were expected to not compete, and they were ahead of schedule. He gets there, and they're like a four seed in the West. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves, and you look at what they are the last year. Like, yep. You know, that now he's in Phoenix, a team that for seven years, even though you could kind of see them coming at the end of last year because they went undefeated in the bubble, and everybody was like, oh, this is kind of something that they can build on going into next year. And they did. <laughs> you know, Chris Paul be- turned out to be that missing piece, him and Jay Crowder. So he's always been that dude. And I do like I do think it will go seven games. I think it will be a seven or maybe maybe six game series. I if it goes seven, I think ah man. Like I, I really I wanna say Bucks, but my heart says Phoenix. Like, you know, my mind is telling me Bucks, my heart is telling me Phoenix. So I don't know who to go with really. But I'm just I'm I'm with you. I'm here for every game. I'm about to be watching. And it's going to be fun. And, you know, regardless of which way it goes. I'm right there with you, man. And I love, love, give my man Chris Paul his flowers. So, uh, you said it, you said it, you know, as it could be said, man. Chris Paul is the only one famous person on his resume. Yes. He just seems like it's headed that way. Even though I'm picking the Bucks, it just seems like it's headed that direction. Like, well, for y'all, boy, y'all, we look at Giannis legacy just real quick, man. We look at Giannis legacy. He's Giannis, two MVP, and he's like, oh, this is what it is. But if Giannis and the Bucks, if they can win this championship, bro, Giannis might shoot up and be a top 15, a top 20, top 15 player of all time that quick. And that's just crazy to think about. But he got two MVPs in a business about a year and an NBA championship, and he's still at the young part of his career. Yeah, he's I mean, he, 27 or 26. He's just getting into his prime. Yeah. 
could definitely threaten to be a top 10 player of all time, which is crazy to think about as much hate as this man Giannis gets. And I'll be the first to tell you, man, being a Sixers fan, the fact that Giannis even attempts to shoot, you know, most of the time he probably ain't going to make it, you know, man, air balls, <laughs> you know, like air balls, free throws. This guy's fearless, and you can't, you can't, you know, you have to, Sixers got to respect, you got to respect Giannis. And I, I definitely hope he can be able to play to, you know, make this series even more entertaining. Uh, but that's the one my thing with Giannis is people will always point to the fact that he's not a guy with a hezzy jumper and a two-step and shaking and baking dudes. He just does the bully ball and his air. People are always like, oh, he doesn't have a bag. He doesn't have a bag. Like he's, it's easy. It's hard to do in the play. He is averaging Shaquille O'Neal level numbers mm-hmm. without a so-called bag. God only knows what this man could be capable of if he ever develops a jump shot and a two-step hezzy and a, and a <laughs> like, you know, like, bro, if he can win a ring, I don't want to hear nothing else about not having a bag, bro. Exactly. Because James Harden, the coolest looking dude on the court and don't have nothing to show for it, you know? No mm-hmm. disrespect to him. Steph Curry does. Kevin Durant does. But, <laughs> but, look, at the end of the day, the name of the game is getting the ball in the bucket. And he does that very well. And he's a defensive player of the year, like you said. <laughs> you know, so he can play both sides of the court. And Middleton doesn't get enough respect, I don't think. And I think part of it is because of some of his previous playoff performances, which is understandable. Like, he's not a top-tier player, superstar, but there are all these arguments about who's Batman on the team, who's Robin. And I think people are missing the point when they go down that road because it's like, no, these are two very good players that play very well together which is very hard to do in this league. And they found a way to make it work. And they got very good complimentary pieces around them, you know, and they've managed to keep that. Like a lot of people were like, oh, remember they gave up Malcolm Brogdon a couple of years ago and everybody was like, oh, that's just the dumbest thing they could have done. And they've managed to build in his place. You know, they got Drew Holiday, who's a menace on defense. You got PJ Tucker, who adds toughness to that team that they didn't have in some of those previous runs, you know, They, they got some pieces on that side that will make this interesting. But I think Phoenix got them dudes, too. They, they I packed that thing, too, you know, so <laughs> with Crowder and Aiton and Cameron Payne, man. Shout out to that dude. Remember, he was famous for dancing with Westbrook before games, and now he out here really balling, balling. And on the journey, man. <laughs> you know, was at one point last year was playing in the, in the, um, in the developmental league, and now yep. he's playing in an NBA Finals is one of their top scores. Like, it's just so many great storylines to look at all across the board. And it's going to be great, man. It's going to be a good series. But I think we can wrap it up there. You know, um, it's been a good show. Shout out to you, Walt. Shout out to you, bro. Appreciate you, man. I was looking at some Snapchat memories. It's been it's been two years, bro. Two years ago, we was, we was in San Francisco this yeah. time two years ago. So definitely, man, definitely. Happy our our paths have crossed again. I'm sure they will again down the line, man. I'm I'm in the DMV, so I'm in your hood now. So <laughs> right. excited. Yeah, shout out to us, shout out to us. And uh, but this year been the play by play analysis. It's your boy Devin Nash, PSK play by play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And we gotta go, so we'll see y'all when we see y'all deuces.